What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhearts, welcome to episode 65 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're gonna go ahead and cover Chicago Med season three, episode 19. 19, entitled I Don't Remember What Crisis, oh, of, Crisis of Confidence. It's in the outline, Gina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Okay, so as always, I'm Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hi, everybody. So we are going to do this in lightning speed tonight because we do have a lot to talk about. We've got the Chicago PD finale happening in less than an hour. And we want to tweet with you guys because some crazy shit is going down. So no news. If you need news, go check all of the other episodes we've dropped. We've had interviews with so many people. We've been so busy in the past couple of days, and it's been fantastic. We have loved every minute of it. So, no news, but we are going to jump head first into the episode. Now, as always, we break this down by storyline. There's quite a bit to talk about. <laughs> Bryna, overall thoughts on this episode. Did you like it? I loved it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good setup for what's going to happen in the finale. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed myself with this episode. Same, same. I really like this one. And I think all of the storylines were equal strength. It wasn't one where, you know, you're covering Manstead and then you go to somebody else and you're like, no, I don't care. Go back to Manstead. It wasn't that kind of thing. No, yeah. It was good. Really good. So let's start with the Manstead, speaking of. So first scene of the episode is Jay and Will playing basketball. Bryna, take it away. Everything I did not know that I needed in my life happened in this scene. Like, we were watching, well, we didn't watch live last night because we were recording, and then we were on Twitter just talking, and it was like, oh my god, Gina, Jay and Will played basketball. Like, what is happening? Um, but yeah, so basically the whole scene is, you know, Jay asking how things are between Will and Nat, and Will's like, you know, they've never been better. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> we know what they've been up to in the white space since last week. Yeah, apparently Will getting Owen back safely to Natalie means... Manstead sex. Manstead sex. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something else, but yeah, it's that, essentially. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? I was just going to say it was them banging as soon as that happened, like, probably in the doctor's lounge, but you know. <laughs> Are we going to start that list now of places Manstead is banged and see if it, like, matches up with Dossie at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah. And like I said, I mean, it was, like, there was actually some basketball to be played in this scene, which was actually... Like I said, everything I did not know I needed in my life. This is not what I thought when they were going to, like, apparently they're in a league of or some shit. Like, I don't know. They even, are? I don't, well, Natalie says, she's like, how was the game? And then, I don't, Will makes a comment about something. I guess this is at least, if they're not in the league, this is something they do on a regular basis. Oh, I think he, I think she was referring to, like, their little pickup game of, like, one-on-one or something. Whatever. So he was going to bitch because Jay distracted him, but that's beside the point. Whatever. It was still great. Um, yeah, and then so Jay basically did that scene kind of ends with Jay telling Will that he can be a knucklehead and then sinks a layup as Will just stands there. And then we're not going to talk about it now because, again, we are, are on time constraints. If we weren't, I would want to have a whole conversation about what position we think these two play, but that is a whole entirely different conversation. 
That is all on you because I know zilch about basketball well, it's except just, for that the Scott brothers used to play. It's just so funny because so I tweeted – there was like a clip of the scene floating around Twitter last night. I tweeted about it and then I got a tweet about it from my – Kobe reporter who does wizard stuff with me and he like was making a total joke and like made all these like wizards references like in this it's just really funny and no one else is gonna get it but like he had me cracking up it's just really funny in terms of like their style of basketball and like how you like would relate it to the wizards it's just he was cracking me up this morning when I saw that so thanks Noah Okay, so think about it and then tweet it out. What position do you think they would play? I have some thoughts, but yes, I will tweet it out later. Okay, okay. So we get some cute Manstead moment in between there, which is just like, yeah, so Will arrives and Nat's like, how was the game? And then there's some other like little flirty moments. So somewhere along the way, they became like a-okay. I don't know. But then they get their first patient and it's a little boy named Cody who has a very severe case of the flu. So we get the basics out of the way. The mom didn't get him vaccinated. Now, at this point, I'm like batting down the hatches, hide behind something sturdy. Natalie is about to explode. Yep, same. But then the mom explains that Cody has a long list of allergies and didn't want to put him through the hell of the vaccine again. So this is when I poke my head out and I'm like, false alarm. We're good. We're live. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, yeah, Nat's like, oh, I understand why you didn't get him vaccinated. Well, OK. All right. Wow. It's mellow Natalie on this episode. Seriously. So, yeah, Nat has to innovate. Cody's not getting any better. He sprouted a rash. Will is just like, you know, that's not a concern. You see it a lot with the flu. But Nat has a hunch. So their idea is to put him on ECMO. And Will finds a machine. He's like, yeah, I was really lucky that there was an ECMO available. I was worried that they'd all be taken. Cut to me with my head cannon of, like, Connor probably stashing them hidden somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's probably got, like, a bunk in the doctor's lounge or whatever, and he's like, my ECMOs. Like, he just hides them and is like, mine. Oh, mine. That's my theory. <laughs> So I don't know. But somebody else made a tweet about that as well. And they said something about ECMO. And they were like, Connor, probably. (laughs) It was funny. So Natalie thinks that Cody might have an extremely rare condition called, here we go, ready? Undiagnosed systemic mastocytosis. Boom, I got it. Bam. Awesome. Drop the mic. Bam. Point being that ECMO could cause an allergic reaction and kill him. I feel like that's how it always ends. It's either like put him on ECMO or like he dies. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't know. So they start debating the merits of, like, you know, putting him, on, putting him on ECMO versus another method of treatment. And this is another moment where I'm, like, hiding behind furniture. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. Please get along. Please be nice. Please be nice. And Will just goes, your patient, your call. And that's it. Like, we've come a really long way. Yeah. No, we've come, I, a, I was like, we've oh. come a really long way. And I think that's one of the things I really liked about this Episode, granted, I still want some concrete answers about them not, you know, when they got back together, are they actually still officially back together, yada, 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 the whole thing. But I will say, you know, it's something we talked about with Jeff, just, I mean, because we literally just talked to Jeff right before we're recording this. So, and you're going to, they're going to hear that conversation next week. But I really liked it because he was talking about, you know, how, you know, Will's just kind of figured Natalie out and figured, you know, how to deal with her and how, you know, kind of almost like what battles to fight and stuff. And like, I feel like now Natalie's grown a lot and I guess Owen, you know, 
that whole thing with the mass shooting last week was kind of Natalie's wake up call and what's important in life and how to deal with things and how to deal with patients and how to deal with people. So Natalie is also experienced that growth and she, well, at least for this episode, decided to like just play things straight and go by the book. And, you know, if Will was going to make a call, Will was going to make a call. But, you know, I, I really appreciated this episode for Natalie. Yeah, for real, for real. And so Natalie goes with a method of treatment called partial liquid ventilation. And basically, like, they come back from the break and the mom's like, so you're going to drown my son. And I'm like, hashtag overheard, hashtag just med things, hashtag, like, only things that you hear on med. But then they explained it. So it's this, like, it's this medication or this liquid that has the ability to retain a large amount of oxygen. And I'm just like, science, man. Like, that's cool. It is really cool. And I mean, something I should have, we should have asked Jeff because we didn't ask him this. But, like, I'd just be curious about... Because I know in the episode they say, you know, it's only really been tested in preemies, but I'd just be curious if he had done any research, or I mean, he wasn't the main writer on this episode, but if the writers had done research about, you know, like why maybe that hasn't been done with, um, ki- like, kids like this one, like older kids. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Science. Just the nerd in me just so, wanting to know about the medicine behind it. For sure. And I mean, it always happens after we do an interview that we think of like 10 more I know. And we told him that too. Like, I know. We told yeah. him that. We did. So I don't know. We'll see. But so they end up rolling with the test, even though it's typically used on preemies. And Nat's kind of nervous. Like the mom's like, so you've done this before. And Nat can't really find the words. But then Will's like, we're confident that this could be very good for your son. And so Nat starts to doubt herself. But, you know, it shows in his labs that he's getting a lot better. And so once they realize that this kid is out of the woods, Nat just looks at Will and is like, we did good today. And Will's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we did. So the episode ends with Will knocking on Jay's door. And this is just completely out of the blue. And Will's just like, so do you still have mom's ring? And Jay's like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I? And it just takes him a second. He's like, oh, he's like, all right, let me go get it. And that's how the episode ends. Will Halstead is going to propose, y'all. Will Halstead is going to fucking propose, y'all. He's going to propose. Well, and I think it's oh funny. I mean, like, going off of the promo for next week for the finale, you know, there's a moment when Jay's like, you haven't proposed to her yet. Like, I've had, you've had the ring for a week. So, like, what the hell is Will yeah. waiting for? He's trying to, the confidence, probably. He's probably nervous off his ass. Yeah, I know. I... I'm so curious. I know. That's going to be the cliffhanger. It's got to be. Well, just wait, all you listeners, wait for a conversation with Jeff because Jeff said there are multiple cliffhangers. Uh, Who knows? You know, we drew all of the parallels too with with Will and Nat and Jay and Aaron. And that's another thing that we did see. We did see a lot of people on Twitter freaking out and being like, that's Aaron's ring. No, it's not. It's not Aaron's ring. It's Jay and Will's ring. And. They, you know, said whoever finds the girl first. Yep. Their mom set the ground rules. We know the rules. It's not a race. It's just whoever finds the right girl first. Right. And so, I mean, obviously we all know the situation that happened with Aaron. Aaron, unfortunately, is no longer in Jay's life. So that eliminates that from the conversation. I just don't want to have another 
event next season where every time we mention Manstead, we're just like, he was going to propose <laughs> with his dead mom's ring and she did this. And I'm just, I don't want that again because it's exhausting enough every time I hear Linstead to be like, he was going to propose and she left him. And what yeah. if, okay, but tables turn. What if, and I, I literally, I'm throwing theories. This is, I've never thought about this until this moment. What if instead of it like being a, because I feel like it's too obvious almost if it is like, if Will, like the last scene of the episode is Will like being like, Natalie, will you marry me? What if, what if he, she, he does it like early on, she says yes. And then what if the episode ends with them like eloping or some shit like that? Like I'd be okay with fast, that. like turnaround. Because I feel like, I, God. No, I was just gonna say, I feel like it's too obvious almost that like, Will's going to propose, and then it's just going to, like, end. I would be okay with them running off and eloping, though, because in a way that would be Natalie and Will outrunning the writers. Like, you can't <laughs> plan on this show. You've just got to, like, do. I, I mean, don't tell the writers what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just, like I said, spitball on theories here. I just I feel like it's too obvious almost that, like, Will's going to propose, and then it's going to be like, well, what are you, like, we're waiting for Natalie's answer all summer. But then, I mean, the ramifications of that are that we start season four and it's like Mr. and Mrs. Manstead. <laughs> Guys, I wish you could see Gina's face right now. Like, your <laughs> eyes when you said that got so big. <laughs> yeah, it, they're, they're going to be married stead. <laughs> not as funny as Mr. and Mrs. Manstead. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, no. Your it's, eyes, yeah. though. I, like I said, it's just spitballing theories, but... You know, I feel I'm trying to imagine what married Manstead would be like. I mean, I don't think Will would realize what he got himself into. That's not bashing Natalie. Everybody's going to freak out. I'm not bashing (laughs) Natalie. I mean, like the institution of marriage in general. No, I can't imagine it either. Not yet, but we might have to. Well, clearly we are. We already have started because there is at least a proposal of some sorts likely coming. You realize all hiatus, I'm going to send you, like, wedding stuff and be like, I wonder what Mr. and Mrs. Manstead are going to do about this. Or, like, what kind of cake are they going to choose? Or what about this? Yeah. Somebody write this fanfic, please. I'll take it. Yeah. Somebody can write the fanfic. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Somebody also tweeted last night, it was a picture of Will and Connor and was like, oh, look, it's Will and his best man. And I was like, false. 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 You sh- Show me a Halstead Brothers picture and I will show you Will and his best man. Yeah. Connor can be a groomsman. Yes. Yes. But even then. And then I guess Maggie. Maggie is Natalie's maid of honor? Yes. And then. Owen is the ring bearer. Oh, yes. Owen's the ring bearer. Um, April's a bridesmaid. Yeah, April's a bridesmaid. I think you draw the line at that. Yeah, so like you think it would be like two on each side, like two and two. So like Jay and Connor and then Maggie and April. Yeah, although I don't really know. Would it be Connor or would it be Ethan? I, we never really see Will and Ethan. Well, you never really see Will and Connor either. Yeah, I know. So who's more broish out of them? Like, or, hmm. Who are the better bros? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Hmm. What would their colors be? We'll just plan <laughs> the wedding now, even though we have to watch PD. Uh. Burgundy to match that, uh, why can I not think of the word? I'm uniform, not that, that is, scrubs. They're scrubs. Scrub. I, I've worn Burgundy scrubs. Burgundy to match the scrubs. Yeah. 
I, I've worn scrubs. I could not even think of the word. Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Well, now we know over hiatus that we have a wedding to plan. I did. I'm not. I don't know anything. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I would be totally okay with them eloping. We have to plan this before the writers get wind of it and derail it. <laughs> so that's funny. So elsewhere in the hospital, we've also got Sex Toy and Emily. Barina. Please take it away. Yeah. So first thing we see about this, Ethan is meeting Emily at a party at 7 a.m. She calls him in a panic. like, help. Like, we need a, you know, a doctor. And she, he's like, why didn't you call the paramedics? He's like, she's like, I don't want any, you know, like, I don't want to rat anyone out. So her friend Jeremy looks to be in the middle of a heroin overdose. Um, and then Ethan, because he doesn't really have, like, supplies, he's not in a hospital, you know, he's not a paramedic. He doesn't really have anything with him, so he ends up doing a pay tra- or pen trach, you know, all going all Owen Hunt, um, and then obviously giving Emily a mean side eye because he's just kind of annoyed with the fact that she's still clearly partying and still not really having her shit together. I can't believe she's still awake at 7 a.m. Hey, some people like to stay up all night and sleep all day. I can't do that shit. But then she has to also go to work, so it doesn't really work out in her favor. But no. Anyway, so then we switch over to the ED, and Goodwin informs everyone that 40 Percocets are missing following the mass casualty incident when they opened all the medicine cabinets up without having to, like, swipe into them. So. (laughs) Gee, who could have possibly seen that coming? hmm, I wonder. Like, this is why we really can't have nice things. It really is why we cannot have nice things. And, of course, like, 40, 40 Percocets is, like, damn. Like, I mean, and, like, if somebody makes a comment, like, that's, like, big bucks. I, yeah, I didn't realize that that was such a hot commodity. Oh, yeah. You have to, for any kind of painkiller, I mean, in Percocet especially, at least, I mean, I can only speak from the medical office that I worked in, but you couldn't, like, that is not something you can call into a pharmacy and, like, just, like, have the doctor call in the prescription. Like, you actually had to go to your doctor's office every time you wanted a refill, pick up the new prescription, like, show your ID, at least, like I said, this is how we did it. Like, you had to show your ID to get the prescription. We had to, like copy it with the prescription so that we could see that someone picked it up have them sign it basically sign their prescription out and then have them go take it like percocet like painkillers are no joke i know it's like a high up there narcotic so that's why it's like super super regulated but yeah there was another moment where april points out to the guy april's like these are hospital grade which like i didn't realize that there's like regular prescription grade and hospital grade well, I don't think it's this. I, I mean, I think that's the case, but I think it's also maybe just even more of like a strength thing. Like they're not giving everybody, you know, like they're just like if you're just getting Percocet for something like, you know, they're going to give you something a little bit more higher strength in the hospital where they can monitor you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so they end up arriving to the ED with Jeremy and basically all you really – like, Emily arrives with them, but then she has to go home and change because she has a couple hours before her shift, and she's still wearing her, like, party dress. And basically, the key point here is that Emily walks away wearing Louboutins, which we all, if you're girls, we all know that mean that's really code for really expensive shoes. Um, and so April and Ethan are having a conversation, and April kind of just low-key casually suggests that it maybe it might have been Emily who took the pills. And Ethan's like, is there something else I'm missing? And April's like, no. Like, we're all good, you know. So then we go back to Jeremy. Jeremy has a seizure. 
So Ethan looks at his labs, and it turns out it's not just the heroin that's in his system. He also apparently came back positive for opioids and acetaminophen, a.k.a. Percocet. Awesome. Yeah. So April and Ethan end up having a conversation in the hallway, and April ends up coming clean about Emily and the cigarette butts when she threw a party back a couple weeks ago at Ethan's place that, you know, was just a secret between April and Emily. I can't really tell if he's mad about this. I I don't, well, I I couldn't tell if he was mad at April for not telling him, but I don't think he was. I think he was more mad with Emily. I mean, I think, I don't think he's mad, but I think he's annoyed that like, you know, we went through all the secret stuff early on when, you know, they were keeping their relationship a secret and now she's keeping secrets from me about my sister. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he's just a little annoyed, yeah. at, but he's definitely mad at Emily. Mm-hmm. So basically yeah. the episode ends with April going to Jeremy and, you know, well, first Jeremy denies that, you know, he doesn't know anything about Percocet's or Percocet, like you said, you know, he said his dad recently had back surgery at the ho- at a hospital, and, you know, he just stole some from his medicine cabinet. But then, and Ethan kind of buys that, but then April goes back and is like, listen, like, I, you know, we did some digging, like, you know, we know this isn't the case, like, just tell me where you got them. And Jeremy turns, you know, turns Emily into April, and he's like, I bought them off of Emily. And April just has this look on her face, and she's like, oh, shit like mm-hmm. this is bad yeah but then Ethan goes back home later after shift and just finds a note that presumably from Emily that says gone to Vegas and that is that that's yeah when Ethan like confronted Emily and Emily was like oh this is her doing isn't it and then she like went to April and was like you got what you wanted I was like oh but that's oh yeah I felt so bad. But, yeah, she went to Vegas, quote, unquote. Because if you've seen the preview, she doesn't get far. No. Yeah, she doesn't get far. So I just, I'm not attached with this Emily storyline. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just not attached. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I'd say out of all the stuff from last night, it was probably my least favorite. Yeah, I think the big payoff's coming in the finale. Yeah, I think it's also hard for me because I'm not like I'm invested in Choi as a character, um, and I guess I'm to some extent I'm invested in April as a character, but I'm not invested in Sex Toy really as a ship. So like it's hard for me to like get invested. I feel like in something that's involving them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But um, elsewhere in the hospital, we've also got Connor and Ava. So Connor, Ava, and Dr. Latham are pretty much playing the mother of all games of operation. So it looks like they're in the middle of like a big surgery. And then they're like, oh, hey, look, the conjoined twins are flatlining and nobody's really freaking out. And it turns out it's a simulation. Very realistic simulation, by the way. Um, So, you know, that's going on. The conjoined twins is happening. Shove that aside for a second. So they meet Natalie's patient, and they explain that she will need heart surgery to replace a faulty valve. Or a faulty valve. This patient, she's like 25, she's pregnant, and the pregnancy is putting a strain on her heart. So all of this is complicated by a greater risk of bleeding due to all of the required medications. So at first, the patient refuses surgery. She's like, no, because Ava basically is like, listen, we advise terminating the pregnancy. And she's like, 
absolutely not because her husband had died in a car accident like three months prior. So they talk like Connor, Ava and Dr. Latham, and they agree that there's really no other option than to open her chest to do the surgery until, of course, from the corner of the room, you hear Connor say, what if there's another option? If you look at Ava's face here, when she, because of course she's immediately like, what? Look at her face, though. Her face is all of us. It's like, oh my God, Connor, seriously? Like, Connor, you're going to do this again? Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, like, that's her face. It's fantastic. It's so great. So Ava doesn't agree with letting the patient's emotional wishes impact their medical decisions, but Latham gives Connor the okay to proceed. Surgery goes well. There's a small hiccup with the valve, but they they fix it. Connor's, like, skipping and whistling and singing around this hospital. It's like a musical number where he's just like, it's such a good day. Like, he's just super (laughs) happy. Yeah. So his confidence is riding high. He suggests something with the twins. He's like, well, what if you clamp it this way? And Connor's like, well, why? Or not Connor. Dr. Latham is like, let's try that. And again, Connor goes back to his musical number of, like, skipping and cartwheeling and, like, you know, birds are chirping and there's like choreography i'm sure um yeah so he goes back to doing that now somewhere along the way his pregnant patient she relapses and she ends up dying it's really sad because yeah um because yeah i mean she was super young and she was pregnant as well and then he loses her yeah so connor takes a huge hit to the confidence so bad that at the end of the episode he withdraws from the surgery yeah which which I i just I guess I find it interesting slash weird slash kind of off-putting how emotionally driven Connor is. Because I feel like that's something that you learn at a young age where they're just like, you know, don't psych yourself out. You know, get past it. Pretend like it didn't happen. Move past it. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, Gina. Sorry, I got to interrupt. We got renewed. All of them. All three. (gasps) Someone just sent it to us. Yeah, via TV line. We can keep yeah. Because, Sorry, okay. guys. I mean, I just had to interrupt because we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, I have chills. I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but yeah. No, all three of them just got renewed. I'm looking for the tweet. I'm looking for the someone. Tweet. It's in our mention. Yay. Some our uh, Carolyn DM'd it to us. Like it's official. It's via TV line. So yeah. Okay, so, like, legitimate source. Oh, my God. That's, like, we just got, like, breaking news in the middle of the podcast, y'all. That was our first, like, CNN breaking news. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the Connor stuff, but gotta, I mean, that's important news. We're coming back to torment y'all in the fall. <laughs> I mean, we knew we were, but, like, it's official now. Yeah, now we can officially say, oh, yeah. Yes. And in 30 minutes, all of this joy is going to go right out the window because everybody will be watching the, the PD yeah, finale. Yeah, oh, and PD just tweeted about it, too. Like, the PD account and Med. They all, they knew. Yes! How much you want to bet Jeff knew while we were just talking to him? <gasps> Let's message him. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, my God. This is exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our, we just got breaking news in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> there it is, season six! I, I know, I just told you that. Ah, I'm so happy. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but we're so happy. <laughs> I like how they're trying to like soften the blow of what's about to happen on PD. I though. know. Like, wait, yeah. does that mean? Oh, that's so great. <sighs> now I have so many questions about NBC other shows. Let's see. Where is, um, let me find the med tweet so I can be like, did you know about this, Jeff? Yeah, there it is. 
Oh, and Law and Order SVU was also renewed. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but I'm still so happy. Okay, so let's just like resume this. Okay, so because we're on a time constraint, but yay, breaking news. Okay, so um, yeah, and so Ava doesn't degree or no, sorry, not Ava. Um, Connor loses the patient and he takes a big hit to the confidence. He's very like emotionally driven is basically the deal, which I was kind of I know it's something they teach you when you're young to like, you know, move past your mistakes and everything. Yeah. So the last bit we're going to talk about is Dr. Charles Goodwin and Sarah. Because that took a turn tonight, didn't it? Or that took a turn in that episode. Yeah, no, for sure. I think this was my favorite part of the episode. I mean, I enjoyed Manstead a lot. But I was, I was like, really, and I've not really been into Sarah's father's storyline. But, like, I was really into Dr. Charles, like, going all intelligence unit and, like, dealing with this. Um, So, yeah, basically, the whole storyline starts for this with Dr. Charles going to his office and, like, receiving this letter. And all you see, it's he pulls that out. It's a piece of paper, and it just says, "Re Robert Haywood, you need to know" in like all caps. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I have I have a couple questions here. So yeah, he gets it, and it's in all caps again. So I have a few questions. One: Why are we yelling? Why is it in all caps? Um, two: Where have you been the previous like twenty something episodes? If you've known something bad about this guy forever, why now? <laughs> Like, also, um, it was just an anonymous note, right? So is this the med Pretty Little Liars crossover I never knew I needed? Apparently. Like, is, that, is that about to happen? Yeah, Apparently. if this guy had just signed off and been like, A, I would have been like, oh, shit. That would have been funny. No. Did you watch Pretty Little Liars? No. I mean, I watched, like, I, I watched, like, three episodes, and then I was like, I'm over this. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so then we switch over. Sarah drops in on her father, Dr. Haywood. Um, and just to, like, kind of check in, whatever. Um, and he's, of course, being hangry and bitching about lime jello. And then he asks Sarah if it wouldn't bother her too much to go to his apartment and pick up a few things. And she agrees. And so she, he has, like, a little list and that's it. So then Dr. Charles goes to Goodwin and is like, yo, I got this shit. And, like, kind of dumps out all the different news clippings and things about these young college students disappearing. And this comes again from this mystery male, mystery guy, girl, whatever. And so Dr. Charles is showing Goodwin all of this. And Goodwin's like, well, if you think there's something there, like, and it's not just coincidences, then, like, you need to take it to the police. But Dr. Charles is like, no, 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 no. Like, we don't do that. Um, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there's a show in this very universe centering around the police department, Dr. Charles is like, no, no, no. Like, I got this. Like, I need to do a little bit more digging. He is intelligence unit. <laughs> tonight yeah um so he and sarah go to the apartment on the way back from jail and she's like thank you for coming with me and doing this on the way back from the jail you know this really saves me time whatever and he's like yeah sure whatever of course knowing of course that he has bigger motivations for going with her um and so he ends up going up to the apartment with her to help her with the things and so he really just wants to use it as an excuse to snoop in haywood's office so he does go in and there's a photo of Haywood on this bookcase thing with one of the missing girls. So Dr. Charles sees this and he's just like, it, like his eyes just get bigger. Like he's realized that like maybe there is something to this mystery mail that I got. So he relays this to Goodwin who tells him to be careful, but still also encouraging him to go to the fucking police. Because like you said, Gina, or like we've said, there is a show in this universe about the police department. Like, come on now. 
But we don't use them. I, yeah. We use Jay for other things tonight, not for this. Like, right. although if Jay wasn't in the hospital for this, but, like, if Jay had been in the hospital and he still didn't go to Jay, I would have been like, what the hell? Right. So then Sarah goes to her father and tells him, you know, I have your things, whatever, and sees him hugging this random woman, which is apparently the widow of his heart donor. And, you know, he's just talking about how it's good for him to meet her and, you know, kind of trying to show some empathy, but still not working because nobody really likes her father. So then Dr. Right. Charles goes in to check on Dr. Haywood, who um, asks him to get a book from one of the boxes from home that Sarah had brought him. And that's when we see there's this key taped to the top of the box, the inside of the top of the box. And so as Haywood gets taken back for his exercises, Dr. Charles quickly swipes the key and figures out where it goes to, which is a storage locker in Madison, Wisconsin. And so he tells Goodwin that this is where he's going and that, like, he can't not do it himself because she's like, well, why didn't you call the sheriff's department there? And he's like, I tried, but they didn't seem interested. You know, this is a case from like 10 years ago. Like they're not interested. So then Dr. Charles makes it to the storage locker in Wisconsin and, you know, gets it open, whatever, the whole shebang. And he's looking around, nothing too kind of out of the ordinary at first. And then you see there's this deep freezer in the very back and it's like taped up and I'm like, oh shit. I swear to God, if he finds a body in there, I'm going to scream. Well, wasn't it like a mini fridge? A mini fridge? No, it's like a deep freezer. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's a yeah. deep. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's a deep freezer. So a body totally could have fit in there. So Dr. Charles, uh, like I said, he, un, you know, gets it open, whatever. There's nothing in there, but that's kind of where we leave off is, did he actually, you know, kill her, these girls? So now we're going from psychopath Dr. Haywood to serial killer Dr. Haywood. This escalated very quickly. Yeah, much quicker than I thought. Um, and it's funny because we were asking Jeff about this, and I was curious. I was just, you know, I, I was asking him, and I said, you know, is this something that when you, like, we, you know, we try to read Deadline, you know, we try to keep up on the news and things like that. And I was like, honestly, Jeff, I was like, I didn't think I saw this going for as long as it did. And he was like, you know, it was really just the chemistry and the fact, you know, they had only really planned for him to be in two episodes, like in and out. Um, so that was something that kind of really surprised me was that obviously the chemistry between um, Haywood and Charles and Haywood and Sarah is all really good. Um, so I can understand why they wanted to write him more and make that a bigger thing. But like, I'm kind of curious to see how the serial killer stuff plays out, especially knowing now that that wasn't intentional. Right. It wasn't intended from the beginning. Right, right. But, yeah, that's a very quick version of tonight's, or last night, we're recording on Wednesday, so last night's, this week's PD, this week's med, jeez Louise, I cannot speak right now, this week's med episode. We're so excited right now, I know, we knew it was going to happen, but we're still so excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and now we have, like, you know, if if we didn't cover anything tonight, we have all of the time in the world to talk about it in future episodes, because we're still going to be around, which, like, there was never a doubt, but still... It's awesome. Yeah. I feel like we got renewed too. <laughs> yeah, we did. We should tweet out our cast photo with a graphic and be like, season two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, granted, we were always coming back and whether something ended and we could have just gotten back done and done old episodes, but still. Yeah. So awesome, awesome news. So 
Yes, that is a very abbreviated version of med. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. If you have not listened to our interviews with Derek Haas, Roland Buck Third, and Patrick John Faluger yet, uh, get on it because we had a great time with all three of them. We just spoke to Jeff. So like, did he know? I don't know. I mean, literally, okay. This, we literally were just on the phone with him an hour ago. Yes. Yes. So it's a good question, but congratulations to all three cast and crews, all of our friends of the pod. We are so happy for you. Thank you for bringing us the shows that we love so much. Yeah. And as Yuri just tweeted, and we back. Yeah. And we back. And we yes. back. I love and it. So this is the yep. guess who's back? Back again. No, but see, this reference, clearly Gina does not listen to Chance the Rapper because that is a, and we back is from Chance the Rapper, which is Chicago. So that works a lot better. <laughs> oh, I'm literally why we can't have nice things. I'm going to send you the link to the, I'm going to play you for this when we, I'm going to play it for you when we get off this call. She's going to educate me all. Sorry. Next time, I, next time we record, I will know Chance the Rapper. <laughs> so I know who he is. I didn't know he's from Chicago. Oh my God. <laughs> okay whatever okay <laughs> all right guys yeah so you know how to contact us if you want to send me chance the rapper videos to like i'm about yourself, i'm about ahead. to i know brian is about to reach through the computer and kill me so um <laughs> we will see you guys on monday for chicago fire we will see you guys then have a good weekend if you need a hug about the pd finale let us know we're so sorry all right guys bye <laughs>